tonight on Whiskey Waffle. You, sir, are a cad. Yeah, it's like a bird bath for alcohol. Paddle steamer, Marion. There's the paddle steamer. That's this episode on Whiskey Waffle, the podcast. I mean, cast. Nicholas, good evening. Good evening, Ted. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. I am particularly stoked to be here because we are recording episode 35, and I'm pretty sure I've got that right this time, (laughs) episode 35 of the Whiskey Waffle Podcast. We are indeed. Welcome along, fellow wafflers, to another episode filled with a bit of um, whiskey education. Whiskey is probably putting a far too high status upon ourselves. Um, Us talking smack into a microphone for 45 minutes. 45 minutes? No, no, no. Much more, much more like an hour and a half. Yeah, you guys get 45 minutes. I have to sift through three hours of meaningless tripe, but anyway. It is not meaningless tripe. It well, is excellent. It is excellent meaningless tripe, yes. yes. <laughs> I need to put the qualifier on it. Well, speaking of excellent meaningless tripe, Ted, do you hear about this uh, this dog up in Scotland? Uh, is it Arbeg that's got the oh, yeah, little, little, little um, wee doggy on its label? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm talking about a different dog. This is a dog that Grant's Whiskey have employed to sniff out the good casks in their distilleries. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So, you like, I'm pretty sure I heard recently that they're um, training dogs to sniff out COVID with uh, great accuracy. So, like, if yeah, they can so do that, they're, like, they're redistributing them to a much more important job. Yeah, yeah. So, um, the, this this highly accurate article, I'm sure, claims that... Um, that Rocco, an 18-month-old cocker spaniel, <laughs> has been specifically trained by Stuart Phillips um, to detect irregularities and imperfections in the wood. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And uh, this is the best bit. A second dog, Bran, was trained at the same time. Full stop. Oh. <laughs> I mean, what what happened Poor to Bran? Poor old Bran. <laughs> he uh, he uh, managed to get one of the bungs off and got his... Got his uh, little tongue in there a bit too far. And To be fair, if I was employed to seek out um, decent casks at uh, distilleries, then I'd probably probably fall into that trap yeah, as well. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I reckon I could do that okay. I'd sort of, like, knock one open and it's like, yep, yep, that looks like a good cask. I better just try the whiskey inside, though, yep. just, to, just to make sure that the, <laughs> the wood is doing what it is. Oh, no, no, that seems to be all right. No, yep. let's, let's try this one over here. Oh, whoop, no, that one's okay as well. <laughs> as like, you probably wouldn't get through their stock Particularly quickly, but... Uh, yeah. Mm. And it's like, this one's got a few imperfections in it. <laughs> Someone's got some imperfections. Mm. Um, yeah, no, so they're up at um, your favourite named distillery, Ted. Oh, yes, and where is that? Gervin. Oh, God, it's just such a bleak name. Oh, it's horrible. That's why they don't release... Uh, Gervin. That's why they don't release something under that name. They're a grain distillery, aren't they? So. Yeah, it's a, it's a really big one. It's one of those big industrial... Mm. Sort of ones. I, th- I have a feeling, and someone's going to shout at me about this, but I have its feeling it's one of the, sort of the biggest industrial kind of style uh, distilleries in Scotland. Mm. Maybe, maybe it's Jervin. Yeah, maybe it is. That 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 will replenish the romance. Maybe, maybe you need to say it with a Scottish accent. Yeah, maybe because we're saying Gervin. 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 Mm. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not doing much. Do you know how to pronounce this distillery? Maybe hiring the dogs is just some way to repairing their image. Yeah, well, who doesn't love a cute little dog? I know, I know. I mean, <laughs> whiskey dogs. Being a cocker spaniel, I hope it's not like cocking its leg on the barrels. And <laughs> they, oh, maybe that's how it tells the um tells the distillery people like this is the good one. Like, it'll go up and like, yep, I'll mark this one down. That's that's a superlative barrel. That must be it. Mm. Well, speaking of superlative barrels, what do you think of the one that's in your glass right now, Ted? 
what the the barrel i'm surprised <laughs> you fitted it in there um like it's, yeah it's, yeah it's quite impressive to get a hogshead into a little glen can it is it's a, it's a tartus glass um yeah no um this dram that i poured you mm. What do I think about it? It's nice. Yep. No, very good. Um, I got I got this. Um, I got Rocco to come around. He cocked yeah. his leg against the glass. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, I thought there was something interesting about the flavour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The waffle. All right. I'm grasping the badger firmly in my hand, and I'm about to pull off its head. <laughs> oh dear! It sounds like an Ozzy Osbourne concert. So you've heard of Lagavulin, Oban, Cragenmore, and Kaju. Ah, but have you heard of Tininic? What about Manicmore? Inchgower? Or Orthrusk? <laughs> well, to be fair, Ted, I have, but I'm a massive whiskey nerd. And um <clears throat> no, I'd say that not even not even the most ardent of whiskey fans have possibly tried all of those names that you just listed. Yeah, it's an interesting little collection of names, and there's something that links them all. Link woods them all. Ha <laughs> ha! Link woods them all. No, um, there's something that links them all, and that something is Diageo, the massive multinational alcohol-owning behemoth. Behemoth. It really is. Yeah, it's huge. Um, it owns all sorts of stuff. So all of these distilleries that we've just mentioned are owned by Diageo. Now, Diageo has its pretty little jewels that it likes to sort of display on its fingers. That it yeah, sort of the, the so classic malts. Yeah, what are some of the classic malts? Um, yeah, so those ones that I've just mentioned, but uh, Talisker is another one. Dalwini. Um, they own uh, Glen Kinchy. You can you can tell the classic malts because they say classic malts on the box. Mm, um, but they've also there's a little um, image of a uh, quick quish quish. How do you say it? I've no idea what you're talking about. So one of those little um, Scottish sort of uh, so drinking like drinking egg bowls. and bacon and, yeah. and no, it's vegetables. the it's the little sort of bowl that you share with the other clan chieftain, and so you you both sort oh, of right, grasp yeah, grasp yeah. a handle of it and go in and have a drink, and then the other person has a drink. Yeah, it's like a bird bath for alcohol. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Yeah, and the, and the little Scottish lads come in and sip from its from its uh, <laughs> little bowl. So. Yeah, or glug. Now speaking of birds, mm, yes, I know. <laughs> We're getting on to birds. Yeah, so some of those big guns, they're the ones that have all the promotion behind it. They're the ones that we've heard of. They're the ones that land in our bottle shops. They're probably the bigger ones, the heavy hitters. Yeah, and th- those ones are sort of like, they're, they're single malts. But what else does Diageo make? Ah, uh, yes, Johnny Walker. Yeah, that's it. Now, Johnny Walker is a blend, and to make a blend, you have to have a lot of different distilleries. You have to put lots of different distilleries together. Now, you've got, we've talked about our classic molds. Yep. But, but there are so many more unsung heroes in the Diageo stable. There are all of these tiny little components that a little bit here or a little bit there is going to make all the difference to make sure that they can create Red Label and make it taste exactly like it does year in, year out. Oh, beautiful. Oh, good stuff. Classic whiskey. Now, if we're talking classic malts, that must be it. Mm, oh, no, exactly. But no, some of these smaller distilleries... You're, um, well, I don't know even if some of them are smaller some distilleries. Some less, of them are yeah. huge. No, you're absolutely right. Compared to the stuff that we have here in Tassie, there's some massive ones. So let's say lesser known distilleries. Um, and, and they really don't get their, their moment to shine. Except in the bottles we've got sitting in front of us. Yes, we have three bottles here. And they all have pretty labels. They do. They've got some lovely, um, some lovely animals or occasionally some plants. Birds. On them. Yeah, birds, that sort of thing, um, which led the great Michael Jackson, not, not that, that Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson. 
the 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 whiskey and drinks writer and categoriser um, to dub these the flora and fauna series. Indeed, and we are going to do some nature spotting tonight. Yeah, so we've got three different flora and fauna bottlings from three different Diageo distilleries. In front of us tonight, we have got a badger. Badger, badger. Uh, we have got a. I don't know that. I don't know. Oh, here we go. We have got a pied wagtail. Yeah, it does actually state the species on the front of the label, which is a nice touch, I feel. Yes, and we've got a swan. So, the distilleries that are linked to those animals. Linkwooded. We have, with with the, well, I suppose I'm holding the pied wagtail at the moment. Yep. And that is the Strathmill. Strathmill, yep. Yep. That big famous distillery, Strathmill. Yep, absolutely. What, what else is there? The Badger is uh, the owner of the Dao Yuan. Excellent. And the swans are drifting around on the Linkwood. There we go. So we've got some Linkwood and... Does it have an age statement on it? Yes, sorry. Uh, so the Strathmill is a 12-year-old. Yep. The Linkwood is also a 12-year-old. And the Dao Yuan is a 16. 16 is, is I think, the equal oldest in the flora and fauna range. So, mm. yeah, it's good to taste the comparison. And just judging by the colours of the bottles, there's probably some more sherry influence in the Dao Yuan than the other two. But yeah, it is the Agio, like so it. you never know. Um, mm. There's enough waffling. It's time that yep. we did some whiskey drinking, Jen. Let's sniff some nature. Yes. So start with the Linkwood. Indeed. I, can, I can smell the feathers of the swan. No, I can't actually. It's um, it's quite light and, and zingy and vibrant. Apparently, according to this, it is a full-bodied whiskey with a hint of sweetness and a slightly smoky aroma. Has it got a slightly smoky aroma, though? I don't think so. I don't think so either, no. I don't think so. Unless unless it's sort of like an incense um, sort of smokiness. Like it's a... mm, yeah, perhaps. I get a sort of combo of um, a bit of pine needles, a bit of pineiness alongside some orange juice. Mm, it is quite a citrusy bottle. Mm. Um, I like it. Mm. It's fresh and it's zesty. Fresh. Exactly. I was going with fresh. It is fresh and zesty. Mm. Uh, it's it's space-idy, I think. Yeah. So, you know how the queen owns all the swans? Yeah, yeah. Does she own Every these ones? One. <laughs> she owns bottles with swans in them? Queen Victoria would have downed this, I reckon. Yeah, she would have just like ripped off the uh, cork with her teeth and chugged it down like the legend she was. Uh, so yes, there you go. That is the Linkwood. Mm. Let's travel. Uh, let's travel to Strath Mill. Twit 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 twit. This is the uh, this is the bird, the um, piping shrike. What is it? Uh, the pied wagtail. Pied wagtail. Is that a euphemism? <laughs> it could be. It's, I think it's different to the wagtails we've got here. Ah, uh, right. So and. Yes, tweet, 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 tweet. That is the exact call of the pied wagtail. Yeah, I'm an expert. A, um, a keen wagtail observer. Oh, the pied wagtail is a familiar sight in the distillery yard and on the banks of the ne- nearby River Isla, but River. not Islay. No? I-S-L-A. Ah, like Isla Fisher. Hmm. Mm. So this is, well, allegedly, this is a deep amber. <laughs> is it though? Is it? I don't know. I don't know about that. Oh, just just taking a jump back as well. The Linkwood was forty three percent. The Strathmill is also forty three percent. Yeah, I'm going to wager a guess that the Dalyuin is also forty three percent. I think it's fairly constant across the range. I can't quite see it from here. I can. It's, it's forty three. Um, oh, a bit sort of dank, actually. I'd say there's. It's like a sour lolly. I would. I would say that sort of the um. It tastes a bit like sort of the uh the pied wagtail. Chasing <laughs> bugs on some crushed sort of undergrowth on the banks of the River Isla. There's a bit of leaf litter there. Hmm. It's not as sweet as the Linkwood. No, you're, you're very true. I don't think it's citrusy either. No. No, the citrus is gone. It's gone into a more sort of almost malty sort of... Yeah. Yeah, like leaf leaf littery sort of thing. Mm. 
It's drier. It is quite much longer. much drier on the palate. Yeah. I do get a bit of that chocolate. It's not mm. it's not huge, but you know you know what it is? What is it? It's um it's a uh, bonbons or whatever they are. Um the, oh, the cho- liqueur. Yeah, liqueurs. Chocolate, it's chocolate like chocolate liqueurs. chocolate with that sort of mm. sweet um alcohol burst on the inside. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps some um some dark red fruits if if anything. Mm. Like really old raspberries. Yeah. Yeah, actually you you're right. I picked some raspberries off my bushes the other day. Mm. Not a euphemism. <laughs> and they, they do actually have a similar taste. There's, they weren't quite as sweet. They were a bit more yeah. sort of... Um, uh, it's a hard taste to describe. Old raspberry. I don't yeah. know. It tastes like Strathmill. Okay, well... Very interesting stuff. Let us stroke the badger. Now, that is a euphemism. <laughs> yep. After we've done badger stroking, we can try some Dale Ewan. It's interesting trying them in sequence as well because... I've had them individually before, but yeah, we've never, com- oh, never combined them. Jersey caramels, yeah, big Jersey caramels. No, nah, we've hit we've hit caramel land. Not even fundraiser Jersey caramels. Proper ones. Proper ones. It's got yeah that creaminess with the um, vanilla and sort of yep. Jersey caramel in there. No, it's all about the sort of brown sugary caramel. All right then. All right, let's let's try this. Let's try it. Musky like a badger. Okay. Actually, there is a bit of smoke on the For the, the first end. time, I'm getting smoke, yeah. Mm. That's exactly right. And it's like, okay, yeah, there it it's is. A sweet, it's a very sweet smoke, actually. Mm. It's it's delicate. Mm. It's like maybe, I don't know, burning pine needles or something. And it's probably the jammiest now. Mm. It's, a, it's probably even past jam. It's like when you um, cook a uh, frit crumble and sort of it, you get that really sort of um, burnt on jammy sort of fruit juicy stuff on yep. the edges. Yeah. It's, yeah, fruit toffee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's quite nice. Do you feel that that's the extra few years doing something as well? Yeah, potentially. Or maybe the casks they've selected from, maybe they've mm. gone heavier on the sherry. If the colour is to be believed, then they have, but... It de- definitely tastes a lot yeah. fruitier and sherry Help, stop, I can't stop saying sherry. Um, <laughs> I'd say that that's probably my favourite of the three. Mm. I'd say that's my favourite of the three too. It's just, it's more full-bodied and rounded and got a depth and the elegance of flavour. But I think the other two are actually quite good. Mm. I think I think the Linkwood is a really good example of Speyside. Yeah, they still drink all right. The thing is, they're, they're decent spirits. These guys know what they're doing when they're making it. They've been producing it for ages. Maybe not as single malts. They've mm. been making it for blends, but that doesn't mean they can't make a good-tasting whiskey. And we were talking about Patreon earlier, Ted, but this is pretty exciting. A message for our Patreons is that we're actually doing a giveaway with our three Flora and Fauna bottles. Prizes, prizes, prizes! Excitement galore. So we're going to do um, a giveaway for our current drinking buddies. Um, we're not going to do a comment or anything. We're just going to do, just to keep it really fair and even, we're going to do a random draw with all of our drinking buddies. One person is going to receive a dram of all three of these flora and faunas. Yep, we're going to put our balls in a bag and draw them out again. Yep, excellent. But we thought, let's go Let's go above and beyond though. Let's offer a special deal for any new drinking buddies that might join up to drinking buddy level in the next little while. Then we will send you a sample of each of the three flora and fauna whiskies to try as well. So what we've got to look out for is uh, some some Inchgower, an Orthrusk, as you Orthrusk. say. Orthrusk. Yeah, Some, uh, I've I've had a um, Blair Atoll before. Yeah. Anyway, we think of Diageo as this sort of big, evil, multinational... Boo! Yeah, yes! I'm not caring about the consumer, but the fact that these releases have been allowed to exist and, and come into the world... Like, I mean, sure, it's, a, it's another way of selling off their stock, but 
I feel that they are specifically released for people like us. They've just got an interest in random little distilleries, and you can find them through this series. So good on them. Yeah, or alternatively, if you've got a big list of Scottish whiskey distilleries that you're trying to cross off before you die, it's a good way of crossing off one or two. I reckon if you had a set of those across a shelf... Mm. Viv would finally be correct, Ted. You know why? Why? He would have one of every animal. <laughs> so what are some of the distilleries that, that um, what old Diageo mate has on, on his list? Old mate Diageo. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Here we go. Please, please raise your hand if you've had the following. Inchgower. No. Rosebank. No. We have some Rosebank down there, though. Yes, I know. I'm meaning to try it. Yeah. Strathmill. Yes. Bladnock. Yes. Balmenic. No. Manicmore. No. I think I have. Dufftown. Yes. Glendullen. No. Pittyvake. No. Or Thrusk. <laughs> you have. I think so. Mortlach. Yes. Glenlossie. No. Tieninic. No. Dale Ewan. Yes. Blair Atoll? Yes. Clanellish? Yes. Kalila? Yes. Linkwood? Yes. Ben Rins? Yeah. I think. I think. Actually, maybe. Altmore? Uh, yes. Glen Spay? No. Spayburn? Yes. Spayburn's what I was thinking of. Yep. Royal Brackler? Yep. Glen Elgin? No. Craig Ellicky? Yes. And Aberfeldy? Yes. The Whiskey! Teddy Boy, it's been way too long since we've reviewed a Tasmanian whiskey. So long. I cannot remember the last one we reviewed. When? What? What? What did we review last that was Tasmanian? Well, the Belgrave in January. But <laughs> all right. Yep. But still, that's too long. It's too long. Far too long. Yep. So we've got a new whiskey that we tried actually quite recently. We were introduced to it by Peter from Drink Tasmania. Yes. While we were off on our tour, which have we mentioned involved a Tesla? Yes. Um. So that was in the last episode, but we started out with this. With this whiskey that we had sitting at the Brook Street Pier, breakfast whiskey, Peter described it as, and uh, just poured us a, a nice generous glug um, to get us started, and we were both very impressed. I was delighted. I thought it was excellent. And I was so delighted that I went and bought a bottle as soon as I got home. The whiskey we're talking about is the Hobart Whiskey Signature release. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. So, so, is there a Hobart distillery, Ted? No, there is not a Hobart distillery, but there is a Hobart whiskey. There is a, what are they? Devils distillery, De- Devils. Yeah, they, but they nabbed... going to say Van Diemen, but... Yeah, they nabbed the brand Hobart whiskey and are proudly releasing under that name. It's not too late, Ted. We can still get Bernie whiskey. Bernie whiskey. <laughs> yeah, uh, that sounds like it doesn't go down that smoothly. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so this is the Hobart whiskey signature. This is a... Attempted an entry level, like it's it's still only one of two hundred odd bottles, um, but it is a marriage of a bunch of different barrels, and all of these barrels are ex bourbon. Hmm, interesting, interesting. Um, that that is a bit different to probably a lot of Tasmanian ones. I, th- mm. I feel like a lot of Tasmanian uh, whiskeys sort of are either a wine cask or maybe a, an Impera or a yeah, Tawny. It's mainly those ex-fortifieds that really yeah. get all the headlines. So bourbon's a bit of an unsung hero in the Tassie whiskey scene and occasionally with good reason because we've tried a few underwhelming ex-bourbon casks as well. This whiskey, just, just from having a little nose here, is not underwhelming. Not at all. It's got a size to it. It's girthy. It is, and I think that is all for the good of this whiskey. 
I do also like the black label on the bottle as well. So traditionally, traditionally, uh, Hobart whiskey releases with a white label on the front. Mm-hmm. I think the the black label is nice and classy. Mm-hmm. I think I think it does it does sort of say signature. It does, and so this bottle is going for around about that hundred and fifty mark at the moment, which is hundred and fifty is not bad. What size is it's it? Five hundred mil. Five hundred mil. Yeah. And what's what percentage are we looking? Ah, uh, very good question. It's forty seven, um, forty seven and a bit, forty seven and a half. Although they do mention that that even though this is like an attempt at consistency and attempt at trying to create the same flavor that you can go back to, there is still going to be variation from match to batch. Yeah, I think they say that they they'll sort of try to cut the um make the final cut somewhere between forty six and fifty percent. Yeah, so this one's fallen at forty seven. So for those people really interested in which one. We're reviewing it's batch number four or 004 according to this and um yeah it's really just a just a few years old i suppose but it's it's ready to drink do we know how many casks no. went into it no. several several good guess mm. the thing with the nose is it's not thin it's not narrow it's not just inconsequential it is big it is fat it is thick and there's a whole bunch of caramel and a bit of sort of Craft woodiness. Craft woodiness, that's an interesting one, but I get what you mean with it. It's sort of got, yeah, a bit of that kind of glue funk. Yeah. In a good way, in a yeah. good way. And just the subtlest hint of cherry in a sort of bourbon sort of way. I wonder what the barrel origins are. I wonder, I wonder where America, they are. America, probably. Oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> Ex-bourbon, yes. Um, no, I wonder, I wonder if it's, yeah, what the, um, whether they're like Maker's Mark or Heaven Hill. or. Mm. Are you John Jarvis? If so, uh. <laughs> Please let us know. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we've got to go visit John again sometime. Yeah, it's on the today list. Well, we better have a sip. Fulsome. Mm, it is. It's fat. Yep. Lots of caramel. It's it's fat, but it's not it's not got that sort of overpowering um sort of rich sort of fruity spiciness that some of these style of Tasmanian whiskies have. No. And I think that's because it's yeah, it's in those bourbon casks rather than those sort of heavy ex fortifieds. Yeah. The mouthfeel is excellent. It really is thick across the tongue. The flavours are still not maybe as as hit you around the head as some of these sort of um fortified matured drams are. I think this has got a bit more drinkability than some of those. Yeah, like it's like a a really top level sumo. It's got a lot of weight and sort of mass to it. But it moves really lightly on its feet mm. and um, can sort of come from behind pretty quickly and surprise you. <laughs> you know what, Ted? I'm getting a bit of that cherry again. Mm. Maybe it's my tasting note of the night. I don't know, but I haven't noticed it before, but I'm getting it tonight. Yeah, I'll, I'll follow you on that one. I mm. think there's there's berries in general yep. there, I think. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the things that I, I absolutely love about whiskey is that you can create these fruit flavors from a whiskey that has been matured in barrels that have nothing to do with fruit at all. It's just wood and spirit. Yeah. Like well, sherry, see, maybe. But. See, see uh, this is much better than the uh, one that we had recently, which was a in ex-German cherry wine barrels. The old scorpions. Yeah. yeah. No, this... this uh, there you go. There you go, John. You've made a whiskey better than scorpions. Congratulations. Woo! Yeah, that that's that's one of the really sort of bad little lightweight um, sumos, mm. and our big sort of top level ones just come come along and squashed it. Yep. You know, I I, I can't help but be excited about this one though, Ted. Mm. This is one I'd be proud to show people from I don't know interstate Scottish people. I, I just yeah, I pour them a dram of this. I still Any don't day. know how Scottish people would react. I feel. <sighs> yeah, I feel like 
better drinking this than our Sheen Estate Serendipity Blend. Oh, no. No, 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 no. They would not be able to come at that. <laughs> that is far too Antipodean for their taste. Oh, yes, yes. No, I think there's something there's something for everyone in this tram. Something, something for, like, the parents... <laughs> families, the kids, the kids, yeah, they they can they can play with the the think of the children. <laughs> no, I think that it's it's an exciting new chapter for Tasmania whiskey. It's it's really interesting with the sort of price battles. Obviously, we had the Symphony come out um, for that sort of 120, 130 dollar mark. This is one hundred and fifty. So I think the mainland is starting to really hammer around that uh, hundred dollar mark. Mm, I think they're, 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 I th- they're looking towards it. They yeah, I th- well, think- Corowara. I think the Tasmania market hasn't quite sort of gone down to that point. I think yeah, we're and to a point, uh, nor our, should it. Like it's, our new battle point is around the one hundred and fifty dollar uh, mark, and you're mm. getting some really cracking whiskies around that point. And so I think, I think that's where where sort of our new kind of base level is going to be. Yeah, but the best thing of all is they have not compromised quality. Mm. It's a really nice light bit of honey on the palate of this as well. Yeah. Mm. Really pleasant. I'm intrigued to find out what our Patreons reckon about this. So jump in the comments on the article and tell us what you think. Or if you've just tried this whiskey before, get on social media and let us know. Oh, yes. Yes, let us give this a score now. Mm. I am actually pushing this up towards a four, I think. I, I, I'm I going for a four as well. Yep. I think I think it sort of com- comfortably just scooches over. It's, it's like... It's going going back to my sumo. It's it's like uh, the sumo has gra- grabbed his opponent firmly and just pushed him across the line, <laughs> and it sort of tips over the edge from a three to a four. And I think it's it's just got that bit of X factor to it mm. that makes it a it makes it a number four. Yeah, no, I agree. Cleon wanted to see a picture of mine the other day to. <laughs> Just to did see the now? differences. Yeah. That's very forward of him. <laughs> he did, he did. So I, I sent him a cheeky snap. Whiskey, would you rather? Nicholas. Yes. Old mate imaginary friend Cleon mm. has been messaging us again. What's Cleon up to? Um He's probably drinking a bunch of Campbelltown whiskey and pairing it with food. Yeah, you wouldn't be using, wrong. Using it's... the using the tasting note shiitake. Yeah. Oh, he's been very much getting into his <laughs> mushroom-based tasting notes lately. Yeah. But he has given us a whiskey would you rather. Oh, good. We need a new whiskey would you rather. Convenient. Thanks, Cleon. Right. Oh, hang on. Wait. I better not thank him because I don't know what the question yeah, is yeah. yet. Well, I, I will say this. This is a very Cleon whiskey would you rather. Okay, right. <laughs> Plays, it's very very much within his wheelhouse. Shiitake or Portobello? <laughs> no, field. <laughs> we'll push all your buttons. Hey. <laughs> okay, okay. This is from Cleon, so I shall ask this of you, seeing as I've got eyes on. Whiskey, would you rather? Three bottles of Bonhaven. Bonhaven. Three bottles of Bonhaven. Any Bonhaven? 18. Ooh, 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 hello. Three bottles of Bonhaven, 18. Yep. Or one bottle of hand-filled Bonha from the distillery. Ooh. Well, unlike... Cleon, both of us have actually been to the distillery. Yep. Actually, I didn't get to try their distillery exclusive hand filled one because they were doing building work in certain parts of the distillery. Um, but I did have a wonderful tasting where they poured me like five or six different um, of their special release ones. And I was going to say I was driving. That's not true. I was hungover. So they let me take them away with me. Um, so yeah, that was quite special as well. But 
I've had hand-filled bottles of Laphroaig. Yep. You've tried some of that. Balvenie. And one of my biggest whiskey regrets is I went to Glendronic Distillery, the very first distillery of my trip. I was 10 minutes late because of roadworks. We ended up in Aberdeen, bloody Aberdeen. No offense if you're from Aberdeen, but... So I was running 10 minutes late. The tour had basically canceled itself. Um, and I rocked up and said, please show me around. And so they, they wheeled out this guy, and I didn't know who he was. Turned out he used to be the, the distillery manager for the previous 20 years that had retired a few years, basically. Frank Massey, his name was, absolute legend. So he showed me around, and at the end poured me some of their distillery-exclusive one, and it was one of the best Glendronics I've ever had. And I didn't buy it because of my first distillery. It's like, you don't blow all your money in the very first one. Rookie error. Should have done. Always, done. always buy the Glendronic. So I know how good the uh, distillery exclusives are. Well, see, I have a Bunhaven 18. Yeah, yeah, you do. Which we like. That's and why I, also, I, know. I also have a it's small strength. bottle of a distillery exclusive as well, mm. which we have not cracked yet. No, we no. So, do. I mean, I can't say with absolute certainty I, how I good cannot, it's going to be. I cannot comment on it. I've, I've sort of been... It, it does say to whiskey waffle on it, though. So oh, we, very we good. Must. Well, actually, Ted, you've got actually a scaled-down version of this experiment. I'm assuming the distillery exclusive is a smaller bottle. Yes, it's it's only like a 250 mil. Yeah, which is basically a third of the um 700 whatever it is 750 mil bottle. So yeah, you've got a, a scale model right there. Yeah. Um, which one have you opened? The 18. Yeah, which. I'm actually leaning towards getting three bottles of the 18 in this case. I mean, it sounds like I'm being greedy and going for quantity over quality, but the 18 is a quality I drop. I wouldn't say that there's a lack of quality, mm. though, with the 18. Yeah, I know. It's both amazingly good to drink, but also one that you would easily get through three bottles of. Yeah. It's like, it is it is a drinker, and yet it's complex enough that you can analyze one. Like, if we're playing Smash Session or Saver, you could you could slot, slot it in at either Session mm. or Saver. Yeah, or or be, Smash, I suppose. Because, yeah. because it's because it's light on the peat, mm. because it's Bunnahaven, It yeah, you can sort of Saver it, you can Session it. You might, if, if you're really like a, an animal, you could Smash it too. Yeah, so. yeah. But we're not playing that game. No, we're not. We're playing Whiskey Would You Rather... And so that means yeah. we've we've got a binary choice to make. I think I'm going for the three bottles at 18 because I know how good that is. And it's exceptional. And they would they would easily get drunk over the course of many years. Yep. I would agree with you. I think, though, that what we need to do at some point is we need to open that little distillery exclusive that mm. I've got, try them both, and then revisit our opinion. Yeah, true. Or what we should do is pour out three drams of the 18 and one dram of the distillery exclusive and then flip a coin and one of us has to choose one or the other. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Okay, Cleon, there you go. Please, please, Cleon, or any of our other waffling uh, listeners, let us know what you would do. Mm. Yes, Cleon, actually, please please tell the ladies and gentlemen what your personal opinion is. Yeah, jump on our Instagram comments or wherever else you feel like letting us know. This is a public service announcement. If you come across a whiskey called The Fruity, <laughs> please do not buy it. It sounds terrible. Yeah, I don't think if you see it, then you would not be tempted to buy it. It looks ridiculous. Mm. Public service announcement over. Waffle, waffle, waffle in with. G'day, everyone. Today we are with Gareth and Angela Andrews from Fluoro Distillery. Um, 
in South Australia down on the Flurio Peninsula and thanks for having us along guys, we're really excited to be here. Ah, good to see you. Our pleasure. Yeah, one of the first things that, that we notice coming here is the proximity to water is, well, we could basically dive off the distillery and into the water from here. Do you, is that a big, um, big deal with your flavour? Do you think that impacts? We, we think it does have a, you know, that, uh, that influence. You know, we sit about a metre and a half above sea level and on the water's edge uh, here and then the actual coastline is just over the sand dunes from us uh, and every afternoon we get these big salty sea breezes come in mm. and you know we think it does have a, a, an impact on the way our spirit matures in the barrels. Mm. Um, you mentioned uh, Kalila to us earlier and that your, one of your still shapes is based off a still from Kalila so do you, um, have you been to Isla before or no, we, we, we've got kids, we can't go anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I suppose probably where I was looking at it, it's like Isla is like the traditional sort of distilleries by the sea right on the ocean. I think it's a really unique location to be in. Yeah, I just love the whole fact that we are at the end of the river. So we are right at the end of the river. We are right on the coastline. So it is where the river meets the sea. And because we are in a railway goods shed, it is very open to the elements. We've got a great big vent down the back um, that really just allows the sea breeze to move right through the building. Huge airflow. Which, yeah. you know, is great in summer, but mm. in winter it is very cold. Yeah, it's a Stormboy country. I don't know if you've ever seen the film as a kid, you know, Stormboy and all that. Scene. The Coorong is just, you can see it from here. This is, in wintertime, it howls through here. Yeah. yeah. Um, you mentioned a bunch of different releases. Each of the releases has a, a different name, um, sometimes sort of um, amusing, but always slight, slightly different and, and quirky sometimes as well. Tell us about the names that you, and how do you come up with Well, everything in this distillery has a story behind it, um, right from barrels through to still names through to um, a lot releases. It, a lot mm. of it also plots our story. So first mm. release, mm, let's call that first release <laughs> but after that um, that was a change for us as starting out originally uh, with a brewing background as a brewery um, we hit a point of no return where we had to farm a lot of our brewing activities for the beer off-site to allow for brewing of whiskey wash and so that release became the Rubicon the point of no return and so from there on we just started having a little bit of fun and then we did the sting the uh, the uh, sting series the trilogy of three three uh, whiskies named after sting songs um, then there's other contemporary things in there. Um, Ectogamut uh, was a good fun thing mm. from a, you know a sci-fi movie that has a bit of a cult following. Um, signal to noise, you know, almost a comment on certain politicians, you know, their signal to noise ratio and what's going on around, you know, in contemporary society. So we pick on funny little things for a bit of fun. Yep. Um, generally, whiskies have working titles, so um, we had three barrels named after, we give all our barrels names, very easy <laughs> tracking. They were named after three star, part, uh, staff members who liked to party hard. <laughs> so that was in, its, in the vat, that was known as party mix, but then for official release that became ectogamma. Yep. Yep. So yeah, just a bit of fun. Yeah, nice. Do you, do you find that sort of you go in with that certain idea, sort of? Like we're going to make this barrel and it's going to be this character, or do you? Does it sit in the barrel for a while and then you're sort of like, okay, we need to release this. What's what's going to be? It's we, we've there's different. Thing. There's different aspects. Mm. So because we have different malt bills, we are very conscious about what we put into a barrel. So for example, if you're using specialty malts, there's no point in putting it into a first fill barrel because the barrel will actually dominate it. You have to actually look at 
is it going to be a second fill like a bourbon or is it going to be a second fill port or sherry because then it will actually highlight the changes in the malt bill that you've done so we look at it from a brewing perspective as to what sort of barrel it will go into however barrels will speak their own voice and even though you can barrel up two um, barrels, 100 litre barrels or 200 litre barrels on the same day with the same spirit, they will come out totally different. Yeah, right. And um, the way that you guys have been releasing stuff so far is each release is unique, it's different using different sort of either single cask or blending or a marriage of a, a few different ones. Um, then of course once that's sold it's gone forever, you can't recreate that. Is that the way that you guys are going to continue going forwards or do you look at making a sort of standard release at any stage? A, a bit of both. Um, first of all, very rarely do we do single cast release. Yeah. Yeah, right from our very first release which was a vatting of six barrels. You know, we are blenders. I, I spend most of my time these days, you know, Angela and Serena are doing a lot of work in the brew house and Angela are in the still house and stuff. And I'm doing a lot of, um, a lot of blending and vatting mm. as, a, as, as a, you know, roughing things up. So we've always gone down that path of having some sort of family consistency in all our whiskies, um, but coming up with different things. The long term, there's a few things I think you'll see will occur. First of all, an increase in collaborations with other distilleries. Um, you know, we love doing the stuff with Brian Janice at Blackgate, and I think that's the, you've got to think about Scotland. You know, how what percentage of whisky or, or new make spirit coming out of a distillery is ends up in a blend? You know, there's economies of scales there that have to be dealt with. So first of all, increasing collaborative work, I think is important. Secondly, for us, we've hit a point now with our volumes where finally we can put out a, not an entry level blend, but a, a, a blend that and is consistent. The, the family consistent sort of blend that is always there because our distributor is in the same thing. He's going, you know, you, you do 600 bottles of this, 800 bottles of that, you know, we would like something that can be on the shelf all the time. Mm -hmm. And so this year we'll introduce a new uh, a, line. A line, which is uh, mainly tawny cask, that we can do that. But we'll always have a premium product uh, above that line, which is the fun one, yeah. um, where we can take, you know, hey, take a bit of fronty, take a bit of this, bit of that, um, and, and do something uh, in, in that way. Mm. And I think a lot of that influence on us is from Tim Duckett, yeah, we're good friends with Tim. We've yeah. made uh, malt, uh, new make spirit for him, and barrel stuff and stored stuff here for him. Um, and you know, I very much like Tim. A part of that whole brontosaurus analogy and dinosaur <laughs> whiskies, where you, you're you're taking certain parts from certain barrels to create a certain profile. Paddle steamer, Marion. Yeah, there's the paddle steamer. Yeah, good sound bite there. Uh, you mentioned uh, brewing before. So, what what are your backgrounds as well? How did you come sort of through? Well, to this point, to the distillery. So, we started up here in 2004. Um, I've always been interested in brewing and brewing background and bits and pieces. Um, and so, we first started this as a family business as a brewery. So, steam exchange. We keep the brand separate. Um, uh, we still make Steam Exchange beer, we do that off-site at the moment now, um, but 2004 we started out first as a craft brewery. From there, um, by 2019, started the transition across into whiskies, and here we are today. Angela was a teacher librarian for 25 years. Oh, yeah, um, teaching, education, and then... Driven to drink by the kids. Oh, we always <laughs> joke about that one. <laughs> and then we sort of got to the point where we were running three or four different calendars with the kids at 
one school, me at another, Gareth here, and then the family calendar as well. It just was doing our heads in, really, wasn't it? It was. And um, we are expanding at a rate at the yeah. time that we needed more staff, and what, what better staff than uh, mm. um, librarians who do everything to three decimal places. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. the, the librarian withering stare is starting to dissipate over time now. It's not, it's not so oh, powerful anymore. Oh, no, it's anymore. still there. Don't worry. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, so it's been good. And Angela also has her own little um, blog thing, um, Words to Whiskey, which sort of maps from going from being a librarian to a whiskey distiller and all the little things she found along the way in the transition. And it's, it's been a great little, um, little website that she runs on the side. Speaking of the so. boys, there's a nice little connection with, with your two young ones and your distillery label that's, yeah. It, it causes a little bit of grief every now and then, generally, People will come in and they go, oh, the two boys are having a piss, you know, da-da-da-da. It's like, oh, God, here we go again. And other people will go, I've been to Belgium, I've seen Mannequin Piss, I understand the logo and its historical context. And you go, fantastic, you know, come in. Um, so effectively, yeah, it's, it's, we needed a different logo for our whiskies, um, for our brand image, for our single malts. Um, long story short, our family had its, has its own little oddball connection with that particular statue. I mean, that thing goes back 600 years or so. It's, it's, it's quite an old statue. And um, yeah, our two boys, you know, young, vibrant, and it just clicked as a family thing to have the two of them back to back in the same format as that famous statue. How do they feel about it? Well, yeah. my youngest. I'm going to be famous. I'm going, going to, to be, be famous. famous one day. <laughs> <laughs> and he delights in that fact. My eldest is 13 almost, so isn't too keen about mum wearing uniform to school. <laughs> so we can work with that. Yeah. Mum, can you cover up the t-shirt before you come to school? <laughs> uh, well, thanks so much, um, guys, for having a chat with us on the microphone. Um, it's been, yeah, really fascinating hearing about your backstory and um, all the, the work and almost the sort of handcrafting of the physical gear and of course then the, the spirit. It's been great hearing it firsthand from you guys. Oh, thank you. Thank it's been lovely. You. Thanks very much. Let's go have a few drams. Yeah, I think it's about time we did that. It has retained its traditional atmosphere since its establishment in 1821. Yep, 78% nitrogen, 20% oxygen, 1%. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes. Smash session or Seema! Ted, I've got a smash session saver for you. Smash <laughs> It always happens. We do these late in the night. I've got a smash session or saver for you, and I'm going to ask you this, but I'm a little bit concerned because you're going to expect my answer. Right. And I do not have an answer for this. Okay, okay. And okay. so I'm thinking you're going to really struggle as well, but you're probably not going to struggle as much as me. Right. Does this, it involve Glendronics? It does. Yep. <laughs> but that's not the only thing. And listeners at home, I really think a lot of you are going to really struggle with this too. But let's just ask it. Let's put it out there into the universe. Yep. And we're all going to be condemned by this. Right. Smash, Session, or Saver. The Ockintoshan Three Wood. Right. Okay. Not where I was expecting this to start off. The Balvaney Doublewood 12 year old. Yep. And the Glendronic 12-year-old. Yeah, right. <sighs> Holy <laughs> shit. I know, right? So I've picked three whiskies that Ted and I would happily drink multiple <laughs> drams of, would revisit m- multiple times. They're both ones that are not like blow-the-budget special whiskies, oh. but 
they're some of our favourite drinkers. Yeah, shit, man. That... And now, and now he's gonna have to choose between them. Like, which is the like? I I, I really we, we, think we, we, like which is the better smasher? Well, none of them are smashers. Which is the better session or which is the better saver? Like, how do you how do you? Yeah, which which of my nieces and nephews do I like better? Oh, God flipping damn it! You, I, st- I still you, don't know the answer. You sir are a cad. I've got to, I've got to throw it in there. Like we've got to, we've got to right, be challenged. Right. You know what? I am going to savor. Yeah. The Glendronic Twelve. Yeah. Because I think I am, I am going to happily like go through that all yeah. night because that is a good whiskey. Yeah. And it's just- <laughs> is one dram enough? A uh, good friend Viv would say one Glendronic is enough, but. We you, know, you know what? Maybe you're changing my mind. I was originally not putting it in there, and then I was like, no, I just want to drink lots of Glendronic. But then you're right. Is Glendronic, one Glendronic, enough Glendronics? Mm. <laughs> I, I'm going through these exact emotions. Today. It's all right. I, I came up with this, but you, I did you, not decide. You, you know what? I'm actually going to session the Ockentosh and Three Wood. Yeah. And I'm going to... To smash smash down a glass of that Balvenie 12. <laughs> a delicious Balvenie, amazing <laughs> Balvenie 12. Uh, and I'm going I'm going to session so I I'm changing I'm changing this from greed to exploration. So the yep. great I originally had greed for just like drinking lots of Glendronic yeah. 12, but you're right. It's it's too heavy a whiskey to necessarily drink all night. But I have not really had enough Ockentosh and three wood in my life to this point and i think i'm going to spend an evening sessioning that yep yes nicholas that so that is my answer yeah. smash yeah. the balbany yep session the ockentosh and savor the glendronic <laughs> no well it's it's a tricky decision surely because you can you cannot do anything but savor the glendronic it's tr- it's a tricky decision because all three of these whiskies could occupy all three categories and of course the one category that we don't want any of them to occupy as a smash. No. Normally when we play this game, we're actually trying to make ourselves savor a Johnny Walker Red Label or something like that. Um, but when we're playing this tonight, we do not want to smash a single dram. So that is hard. But any of us would savor all three. Any of us would session all three. And Ted knows me well. I'm going to savor that Glendronic. Mm. But for but- the reasons that he came up with... One dram could be enough, which it really makes me choose between, yeah, what, what, it's not which is better, because I like them both. It's not a, a one, two, three ranking. That's not what I'm doing here. You're sacrificing your children is what you're doing. Yeah. What I'm doing is Balvenie 12 is a session whiskey. In fact, that's probably why it's standing out to me. I think it's the most sessionable of the three. The Balvenie twelve-year-old, the 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 Ockentosh and Three Wood is on some nights the best of the three for me. That's the one I want. Mm. But right now, I'm probably gonna have to smash it because the Balvenie is the most neutral, and that sounds boring. But I I look it's the I, most day to day, drink it down, whiskey flavored whiskey. I also think the that three. Balvenie is the most sessionable, but I'm just interested to get to grips with the three wood. For oh, a night, absolutely. So. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. And, and a, I would that, do that. that was I've, a, I've actually got a fair bit in there, Ted, if yeah. you want to trust them. That was a bastardy question. You oh, were yeah. a prick for asking it. Absolutely. And when I came up with it, I'm like, I don't know if I can ask this. Mm. Because bloody hell, I'm going to have to answer it. Sacrilege. Yeah. Mm. But it's been done. Listeners, you, you probably do not want to answer this. This is a bloody hard question. But, but if but, you're brave enough. Yep. Grab a carrier pigeon and fling it on over to Whiskey Waffle HQ <laughs> or send us a message on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram that and too. we will respond eventually. It's that end of the evening, Teddy Boy. Certainly is. Mm. And that is the later end, just to clarify. Look, we have drunk some things tonight. What we- did we do? Wow. We drank a bunch of things, but we um we tried some uh we tried some some birds and some badgers. Yes, ripped ripped their heads off and <laughs> uh, drank them down. Yeah, so tonight we had a little look at the flora and fauna series from Diageo. That's that's sort of promoting some of their lesser known workhorse distilleries. It was really interesting. I th- I think yeah, it was a really interesting mix of distilleries. just to say we had a a, a Linkwood, a Strathmill, and Dalyuan tonight. Not many people are probably having that combo. Um, and just a reminder, we are going to throw one of each of these whiskies to any new tasting panelists or drinking buddies that come on board the Patreon in the next little while. And one of our current patrons is going to receive all three as well. Yes. It's going to do a random draw. Select that one out of the hat. So may the odds be ever in your favor. Very good. Very good. Well, I think it's time we wound things up, Teddy Boy. Indeed. Um, because we always leave our, our whiskey unspooled upon the floor. Yes. Uh, I certainly hope that our Patreon uh, listeners... Enjoy the uh, sample of Hobart whiskey that they're going to be receiving this time around. The Hobart whiskey signature. Mm. I went back to it a bit later in the night and actually it just stood up. It really stood up. It's a it's a great. No, sorry, I of- stood up, but the whiskey tasted good. Yeah, true. Mm. Uh, actually, no, I don't know. Let's not let's not guarantee any standing up later. I might just f- fall asleep right here in this comfy chair. It is very tempting. Mm. No, it, it's a really good marriage of bourbon casks and really shows where Tasmania can sort of go with those. Mm. I think, it, yeah, it, it's a bit of an inspiration, at least for me. But I think for, it should be an inspiration for others also. Now, please uh, check us out on the socials. Um, follow us on Instagram yeah, or Facebook. send us a Facebook. carrier pigeon, guys. Send us a carrier pigeon. We always enjoy receiving those. Yeah, it's a, it's a little while since we've had roast carrier pigeon for dinner, isn't it? <laughs> That's what we do with them <laughs> at the end of the night. I know, it's a, Let's get, get on to that, people. That's our flora and fauna. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely, <Roast>. plump-breasted <laughs> carrier pigeon. <laughs> oh, General Melchett will be so disappointed. Anyway, yes. Hand-reared from a, from a fledgling. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, check us out on Patreon. Check us out on socials. Um, please continue to follow the pod. We really enjoy uh, talking to you guys, waff- waffling at you. Mm. Talking at great length, making Nick have to edit down many hours of Yeah, Ted, uh, we've reached three minutes. Let's, ra- let's wrap this thing up. Come on. Okay, okay. Get going. All right. Well, yeah, in that times. in that case... Good times. I'm being forced, so here we go. Mm. Goodbye, everyone. Keep on waffling. And good night.
Whiskey Waffle recommends you drink whiskey responsibly and only if you're above the legal drinking age in your country. Our lawyers made us say that. Or at least, they would have if we actually had lawyers. I think it's a really unique location to be in. 